John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show! Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. So what's been going on with you then, mate? Up normal, just been working hard like a... I don't know, like I I was going to say slave, but then it didn't feel quite right. (laughs) White white privilege. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps we should just restart the show. (laughs) Uh, No, it's been been a busy week for me, been a busy week. I've started doing a little bit of work at my wife's company. I teach English and I've been uh, going to her company uh, teaching a little bit. But before uh, before going there, and in all the years we've been together, not once has she ever taken an interest in what I'm going to wear to work. But before <laughs> I went to work at yeah, but before I went to work at her company, in the week leading up to it, she asked me three times, "What are you going to wear? What are you going to wear?" <laughs> I was extremely tempted to turn up in something ridiculous, but um... like that French T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that T-shirt John's referring to, I once went out in a T-shirt and John said to me in all seriousness, are you wearing that T-shirt as a joke? Well, to so be I fair, do some... you, did, you did wear it afterwards quite a few times on stage and then referenced it. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a T-shirt yeah, I... that it just is, well we need to explain what the T-shirt is. It's just it's a it's a white and red striped T-shirt that just looks very French. I don't know. Yeah. It's also quite tight fitting. It's not supposed <laughs> to be. I've just got big boobs. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I didn't wear that to to her office. I did wear normal clothes, but the the, the urge did you was wear overwhelming. A suit? I did wear a suit. Yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> but she was worried. She said to me one time. I'd said to her like a few months ago. I went to school in a pair of trousers that had a hole in the bum. And <laughs> I didn't realise. <laughs> so she was like, "Make sure you haven't got a hole in your trousers, please." <laughs> <laughs> so she started taking an interest in my wardrobe for the first time in probably I don't know many a year. <laughs> Back when I was in high school, I had a friend who uh, he had a girlfriend who he didn't like, and rather than just dumping her, he uh, decided to make her dump him. Not quite sure the lo- teenage boy's logic. But he, uh, he's, when we used to go out as a group, he would come out dressed in the most ridiculous sort of fashion just so she would feel embarrassed and ashamed. So in the hope that she'd he, dump him. He literally wore ridiculous clothes in a bid to make her get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like white half bass jeans and this kind of white sailor top. That's probably, that's pretty on trend these days. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she would be there, stood in the middle of a da- like the nightclub, crying, going, why is she just dressed like a twat? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we'd be making fun of him. And he's like, oh, no, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm trying to get, get her to get rid of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, men are fools, but teenage men are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, this he's a friend who... Um, so his mum was a bit of a psycho and his parents went on holiday. He had a house party 
And when his mum came back, she noticed that somebody had been going through her stuff, like her knickers drawer, and he told his mum... He told his mum that it was her, his girlfriend. So next time she oh, just... No! She turned up in the car and his mum came flying out of the house and she started trying to punch the window through. Uh, no and way. she And she, she, had, she had no idea because she hadn't been invited to the party. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't even there. No. Yeah, that sounds like a great relationship. Yeah, I was like, just dump her and she'll dump you. Just, you know, why prolong this? Who had been going through the knicker drawer? That's what I want to know. Oh, one of our friends. <laughs> You've got to find a dildo. who's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Where's a house party? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you better ask me what's on the show before this escalates. <laughs> <laughs> what's on the show? Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> we, uh, well, we've got a packed show, as always. We have the return of Pants on Fire. Uh, we And also we have some stand-up comedy from New York comedian Ethan Feldman. But, of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. And now it's time for the new section of the show. So, Sam, what have you got for me? Um, yeah, I've got a great story. But actually, before I start, um, the news story that you were talking about last week, the uh, the police officer who was oh. uh, farting, farting and swearing uh, on the job, I noticed this week uh, online that she actually has uh, been fired. Right, like the uh, gases from her anus. yeah propelled out of the building (laughs) so uh well i'm sorry 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 for her uh but probably happy for her colleagues i suppose yeah but anyway moving on today's story um this is a it's a slightly older story but it was sent in by a listener called simon in japan uh and i thought even though it's not quite up to date it's definitely worth a review Um, The story starts, young children are renowned for their inventive excuses to get out of a sticky situation. One 10-year-old boy surpassed himself. The child, who lives in a town about 110 kilometres from Oslo, commandeered his parents' vehicle sometime in the early hours of Wednesday morning. He headed for his grandparents' house, which is about 60 kilometres away. He also loaded his 18-month-old sister into the car. So, sounds like something you would do. (laughs) He's only 10. He's 10 years old. Says, but just 10 kilometres into the journey, the child veered off the road and into a ditch. The vehicle was spotted by a snowplough driver who alerted the police. (laughs) Um, The parents woke up and discovered that the children were missing and that someone had taken off with their car. They were pretty upset, as you can imagine. (laughs) If you woke up in the middle of the night and your child and car was gone, what would you assume? I've had a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Even better morning. Yeah. the uh, the boy told uh, the boy told the snowplow driver and officers. Uh, well, he came up with an excuse. If you're a ten year old boy in this situation, what would be your excuse? Uh, that my dad ran away. My dad was driving, but he'd gone to get petrol or gone to I don't know get help or something. Yeah, I think that's pretty logical. This boy obviously was a little bit more inventive. He said the boy told the driver that he was actually a dwarf and that he'd forgotten his driver's licence at home. Ah, oh, excellent. Fair play. That is a, that is a world-class excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Did it work? 
the police. <laughs> the next sentence goes: The police said no charges would be filed when the case was closed. <laughs> so, right. Oh, okay. Right. So, did it work? No, but he did seem to get away with it. Well, it's not dopey, is he? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he must be happy at this point. Yeah, happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> The police said uh, that we have talked to them, uh, them being the parents, we have talked to them and we're pretty sure that they're going to pay very close attention to their both their children and to their car keys from now on. <laughs> waking up and finding your kids gone with your car, that's quite a shocking sort of thing to wake up to really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I occasionally have that thing, I'm sure you do, in the car when I'm driving and then you have the mini panic about whether your kid's actually in the back of the car or not. <laughs> you have to you have a quick look around. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't leave them in the shops. <laughs> well, mine's, mine's young, so I always, when she goes quiet, I always have to look around and check that she's not strangled herself with a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't trust these kids. They'll do anything to make you look bad. <laughs> yeah. At the bottom of the article, it does say the children were unharmed and the car was not damaged. So right. uh, it was a it was a happy ending. So if you had to put a headline to that story, what would you say? Um, I'd probably go. So it's got to be along the lines of the dwarf. So I'd probably go <laughs> something like uh, Snow Fright and the Lying Dwarf. <laughs> How about I think, you? I think there's no way that would count to the headline banner of a. The newspaper is it's rubbish. <laughs> that was JNSNG News. Fans on fire, you're a liar, you're no. Time for Pants on Fire. Uh, John's going to tell us a story, and I'm going to try and work out if it's true or false. <laughs> Forgot what the opposite <laughs> of true was. <laughs> um, I even get I even get a chance to ask him a few questions about it. Uh, so, John, what is your tale? Um, oh, I once played football against a uh, professional football team in South Africa. Okay. Well, I know you've been to South Africa. Yeah. Give us a few more details about how this game came about. So me and my friends were staying in a hostel in, I don't know, Port Victoria, I think it was called. And we were getting hammered one night. And there was a guy at the bar and he said, oh, you know, I've got a football team. Do you want to play against us? And me and my friends were like, yeah, yeah, we'll play against you. What time? He said, oh, you know, tomorrow, sort of two o'clock in the afternoon. So we said, yeah, we'll have a game of football, just play on the beach. Um, and then the morning after, we woke up and because we were backpacking, uh, spent all morning in the swimming pool, smoking weed, just messing around. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> this uh, this coach turned up with a proper team of, uh, well, like a team of professional footballers with a manager. And they wanted, they wanted us to play a proper game against them. And we had to, we had to go and get a... Uh, a homeless guy to go in goals. And so we were all panicking. 
we were all panicking, thinking, oh, we're going to get absolutely battered here. But then we ended up going 3 0 up after about five minutes. Oh, right. Because <laughs> you're still pissed. <laughs> I was stoned and pissed. And my uh, my friend had to dig a hole in the sand and vomit. <laughs> it was quite. Yeah, we, we only had nine players. They had 11 and subs. And we still beat them, even though we had a homeless guy in goals. Although he was brilliant. He saved a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like your ringer. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So a couple of questions then. The professional, there was anyone famous there, professional wise? No, no. I mean, this was like just the local team of Port Victoria, I guess it would be. Semi-professional, I guess. Not right. professional. And this homeless man, how how was he encouraged to go between the sticks? Uh, we just gave him some money. <laughs> <laughs> Good old bribery. Money and wine, actually. Made him a professional. <laughs> a no. professional alcoholic and goalie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Did did you score a goal? No, you've seen me play football. I was yeah, defending. Because <laughs> if you said that you had, I would have definitely gone with a lie. <laughs> yeah, I, sc- uh, I scored with my right foot. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> For those of you who've never played football with John, he's so left foot. He's so left footed. He uh, <laughs> his his right foot basically is just planted in the ground. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say that's. That's a rubbish analogy. He's so left-footed. He's what? Think of a better. <laughs> How lazy! I could, yeah, but I could see yourself getting into trouble with that because it's a hard analogy, isn't it? He's so left-footed. Yeah, he's got myself, got myself down a left-footed cul-de-sac of similes. He's so left-footed. He's like a left-footed person at left-footed university studying left-foot studies. <laughs> Uh, let me just reassure you listeners he's extremely (laughs) left-footed anyway moving swiftly (laughs) Um, yeah this sounds i i think this story has the ring of truth to it so i'm gonna say that this story is true yeah it is true yeah (laughs) (laughs) good Good job one more point to me (laughs) are you keeping score Officially, no, but unofficially, yes, it's in my notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, welcome to Earth Dry Cleaners. I'm Mrs. Sekai. Do you travel on the crowded train? And after, do you smell like a gorilla or a large monkey because you sweat when you're squashed like animal? Yes, then you need earth cleaning. Even if you have sweat patches the size of Hokkaido, it's not a problem. Even if your shirt color is dirty like a train station bathroom, no problem. We can get the smell out. Come down to Earth Dry Cleaners in Shibuya and we will make you look and smell like a clean Japanese. John and Sam's Top Tip. Hi, this is Sam. And this is my top tip. 
If you ever find yourself at your kid's school graduation event or a Christmas event or any other event that involves a lot of standing and looking at the stage, I have a tip. Stand right at the back of the room and hold your phone as if you're taking a video, but actually be looking through whichever website you wish. You look like a good parent taking a keen interest in the what's going on, but actually you're just looking at the crap that you usually do on the internet. You're welcome. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two prince took a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's someone else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? And now it's time for the burning question. Just a reminder to our listeners, if anybody has any answers to any of the previous burning questions, we will feature them in the show. Uh, last episode's burning question was, what's the most inappropriate thing you've done or witnessed at work? So who's been in touch, Sam? Uh, yeah, i uh- Fairly popular topic, this one. Anonymous got in touch from England. All I know is that he's a man. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> actually, that's not really, it's not really relevant to the story, but that was what he mentioned. <laughs> um, he said, I was once at See, the Christmas... pissing standing up. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> As I said, I'm trying to keep off the, uh, the toilet, toilet humour this week. Um, he says, I was once at a Christmas work party and had had one or two or eight too many sherbets, um, which are beers for uh, international listeners. Um, he says, he'd had too many sherbets and he stumbled up to my boss's 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 boss, the regional director, if I remember correctly. Uh, he says, with the intention of making small talk and suggesting that maybe we could arrange some conference calls for people who would like to develop their careers. What I actually said, so I have been told as I was so shit-faced, I don't remember, was, I think we should have a conference call so I can tell you how shit this company is. (laughs) (laughs) Reportedly, he took it very well and laughed it off. It was at this point that my boss's boss ushered me away to the bar. <laughs> it's almost like um, you could a, a separate burning question of what's the worst behaviour you've seen at a work party? <laughs> yeah. Because they're probably at a different level. Yeah, I think we should do that then. That should be this episode's burning question. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had uh, a, Alex from England. He called in. He said, I'm sorry to go on to the topic of poo again, but he said... Oh, I see why you've chosen this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's some. Uh, I worked in an office job some years ago. The whole office was called into a meeting shortly after lunch where the epic phrase, it is not acceptable behaviour to defecate on the floor of the toilets was uttered. <laughs> so it turns out that a woman who worked there had been put on a final warning that day that she didn't agree with and decided to stage her own dirty protest. <laughs> now, I'm... I'll be honest, I'll be, I'll be honest, I would have been livid that my time was being wasted that that happened in a women's toilet i'm like why as a man do i have to be here listening to this unless alex works at one of those new companies where the men and women uh, share a bathroom oh unisex toilets they don't think about that on the transgender uh, agenda do they what happens when people just start defecating on the floor in <laughs> unisex bathrooms and, i mean i <laughs> I'm just wondering if that woman happened to be a police officer from Wales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claire Fitzpatrick. <laughs> How about for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen some pretty weird behavior at work. But one thing that kind of sticks out in my mind, it, this isn't like really bad, but it's certainly odd. When I was working a long time ago for an English school, I was working, I went to work, did like a help shift at another branch that um, I, I didn't normally work at. And then it got to lunchtime and I'd brought a lunchbox or a sandwich with me or something. Oh, both. Oh, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some uh, fried chicken on the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, one of the guys there he pulled out a, a gas range a frying pan some oil some fish some vegetables a chopping board and a knife and he proceeded to literally make himself lunch on the desk in the staff room uh, with actual <laughs> burning fire <laughs> and obviously the guys who were working with him were used to it it's something that it seems seemingly he he'd done all the time but for me it was quite odd behavior and it smelt nice but i mean it, you know cooking fish it does stink of fish yeah um but yeah did he so get fried <laughs> i don't know but i thought it was a good idea and it's healthy and it's kind of you know kind of positive i suppose but on the other hand i really kind of got the feeling that this guy was the uh the look at me i'm the wacky guy who cooks my fish on the gas stove in the <laughs> teacher's room guy <laughs> what about you well this story better not involve poo no i was thinking there's lots of inappropriate things but no oh well i once worked in a um a bar in manchester that was attached to a hotel and the boss basically he i caught him swapping the expensive vodka filling it up with like cheap no brand vodka oh yeah very naughty yeah so he was just, yeah, he was filling all the bottles and stuff. But then about a week later, um, the owner of the hotel's grandson was an absolute knobend. And he, he used to just come into the bar and start helping himself to drinks and stuff, even though we've been told clearly, you know, don't let him anywhere near the back of the bar. And this one night he came behind the bar and he'd started an argument with just some old couple at the end of the bar. And then he went into the back room and came back with a big knife and started threatening people. Certainly inappropriate work workplace behaviour. Oh, well, the police... Well, oh, yeah, so this the, other, the guy who's been threatened with the knife then picked up a chair and started swinging it around. And this is... I was, like, what, 18 or 19? And it was just me and my friend who was the same age. It was, like, you know, just completely out of order, not really sure how we were supposed to handle it. And then the police ended up coming... But the day after I went to work and I was like, you know, I'm not happy about this kind of thing. <laughs> and the boss was like, because the bar had closed early, that was it. Because the police turned up, so we shut the bar early. And the boss was like, he's going to dock my wages. And I just had enough. So I was like, right, fine, you dock my wages. I'm just going to tell the council about you swapping vodka. Um, and then he became really, really friendly. And <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he let me have the following Saturday night off. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. But I ended up quitting about a week after that because um, a load of Northern Ireland Man United fans came and then just this massive fight erupted uh, and the police again were called. This, But this time it was a hotel and the police turned up on horses to the actual pub. <laughs> um, I didn't realise you were tending bar in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's directly across from Manchester Cathedral. Um, so the police turned up, you know, to the bar on horses and, you know... I said, why the long face? <laughs> and he said, well, because we've, we've been called out to deal with a load of fucking dickheads, you knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with a bunch of dickheads. That is nay <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's international. 
Okay, and now it's time for this episode's stand-up, and we're featuring comedy from Ethan Feldman from New York. I think you're going to enjoy this. How you guys doing? You guys are good? Yeah. Chris, thank you for getting my name right, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but you'd be surprised. I was, uh, I was doing comedy over the summer up in Portland, Maine, and I was really nervous about it because it was like this big, important comedy festival, and the host really hyped me up because I'm coming from New York. She was like, guys, this next comic is coming to us all the way from New York City. Give it up right now for Corey Feldman! <laughs> Yo, that's comedy gold right there, okay? <laughs> I played with that. I was like, uh, I'm Ethan. That's my cousin. We don't really talk about him. <laughs> she actually didn't know who he was because after my set, she was like, I just Googled him, and I feel really bad right now. <laughs> it's like, it's my opener now. Thank you. So, uh, any of New Yorkers in the house tonight? Yeah. Native New York. Yeah. So, a little bit about me. I'm a Native New Yorker. I grew up here in Manhattan, right here, actually. Yeah, on the mean streets of the Upper West Side. <laughs> Basically, little Israel, okay? <laughs> and I'm Jewish, too. Surprise! <laughs> the Upper West Side is very Jewish. My parents live by a Judaica. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's a, if you don't know what that is, it's a store where you buy like Jewish stuff. If you're nodding in accordance, you know what that is, a Judaica. Hey, you buy yarmulkes there, menorahs, Jew gold. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can't buy Jew gold. You have to earn it! <laughs> but I don't live around here anymore. No, I moved. I, I moved to East Williamsburg. And I was, uh, I was on the L train the other night. Uh, the conductor made this announcement. He was like, ladies and gentlemen, this train will be making all stops tonight. <laughs> I repeat, this train will be making all stops. Uh, I'm not an expert, but isn't that what it normally does? <laughs> okay, how is that an announcement I'd like to know? Then it dawned on me, that's just how sad to see that the MTA is now. Yeah, they're making the conductors announce when the train is just operating as it should. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this train will not be fucked up tonight, no. It will not be running like a piece of shit. You guys are in for a real treat. <laughs> yes, it's America. We're going to stop at every station extra long, too, so you can all just, just smell the piss on the floor. <laughs> because you guys know New York City has the best piss. <laughs> it's true. We got the best piss. It's the water. Mwah. Yeah, we got the best bagels, the best pizza, and the best uh, piss from the cop. <laughs> Speaking of cock, I, uh, <laughs> I had to go to the doctor's recently and give him a semen sample. That was really weird. Me and my wife have been trying to have kids, and I had to make sure that I'm not the problem. Uh, and everything checked out. It was all good. I can tell you guys are all super worried about me. <laughs> but it was a wild experience. I went to this doctor's office, and they just had like a chair and a little coffee table with like Hustler magazines like all spread out in this room. I don't know. I tried to open one up, but I couldn't get the pages apart for some reason. <laughs> the weirdest thing to me, though, was in the corner of the room was a tube television. But it was a combo, a TV-VCR combo. You guys remember those things? The VHS tape, just looping porn. It's 2018. Can't they just be like, uh, use your phone? Go wild. Here's an iPad. I don't know. Ethan Feldman there. Great stuff. I really enjoyed that. If you want to find out more about his stuff, you can go to his website, ethanfeldman.me. Uh, or, of course, you can go to our website, johnsaminjapan.com. 
Uh, right, so that just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who was involved with, with today's show, especially thanks to Itsuki Naka for her contribution. And of course, thanks to all of you listeners out there. What's the next burning question? So, well, I think as we've as we've said in this episode, I think what's the most outrageous thing you've witnessed at a works party or a work outing? I think that'll be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to get the... Uh email lines buzzing that's definitely not a thing (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely not (laughs) cheers granddad (laughs) that email thing is going to be ringing off the hook (laughs) (laughs) anything else (laughs) no that is definitely all (laughs) (laughs) okay catch Catch you you later. later It is time to go, that's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an mp3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favourite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. Tell your friends and your family. Or even the people you're married. You should join in. Answer the burning question Send a new story Preferably something we can find about We're on the social media sites Facebook and Twitter day and night It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com And if you do this then maybe, just maybe Sam will put his clothes back on John and Sam in Japan The International Comedy Podcast